Today, we're talking about the NBA Finals runner-up, the Miami Heat, looking back at their season, the successes, what to expect perhaps for next season as well. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, we're looking at the Miami Heat fresh off a defeat in the NBA Finals. The Finals ended yesterday and just before we get into this Miami Heat uh, review, a quick congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the whole team, Frank Vogel, Rob Polinka, everybody. Now, I've been fairly critical of the Lakers over the past few years because, let's be honest, they've been shithouse. And some of the moves they've made have been terrible. And even now, the, the lead-up to getting Anthony Davis, there were plenty of missteps there in terms of you know miscalculating how much you needed, how much space you needed to create in order to perhaps get Kawhi, then that falling through and those dumping players over to the Wizards for nothing at all just to create that space and screwing that up and all that sort of stuff. But in the end, they won the title, so it doesn't matter. There's no asterisk on it. There's none of that bullshit on it. The Lakers win the title. They deserve to win the title. LeBron is absolutely, if he's not the greatest player of all time, he is literally right there next to Michael Jordan. And that debate is as tiresome as it gets. LeBron wins his fourth title, his ninth final appearance in the last 10 years. Just amazing stuff again from LeBron. And Anthony Davis winning his first championship. Even guys like Dwight Howard stepping up big time in the playoffs. Rajon Rondo, fantastic in game six. He had some big games in the playoffs. Contavious Caldwell Pope has been shit on all through the playoffs in the last three years, really. He was awesome as well. So congratulations to the Lakers. Next season... Uh, We don't know exactly when it's going to start. The idea here of what we're thinking for the season, and this will go for fantasy as well, is that we're going to have the NBA draft on November 18th. We're going to have free agency on December 1st. And then after free agency kicks off, I'm going to be working my absolute ass off to get projections ready, articles ready, podcasts ready for the beginning of fantasy drafting season in those couple of weeks. So we'd hope to get Basketball Monster open at some point in the the, the middle of December. Normally we do it two months after, three months after, or two months after free agency starts. We don't have that luxury this year. So I'm going to be working super hard to get everything ready to go middle of December for a a season start in the middle of January. January 18th is the current date that we're expecting for the season to begin. With full 82 games, the schedule will look somewhat different, but that's the expectation. So what I'm going to do now is run through the rest of these team reviews. I think I've got 11 of them to go um, to, to do here. And then we're going to go real heavy into the NBA draft, giving mock drafts, more scouting profiles, getting other people on to talk about the draft leading up to that, then reviewing the NBA draft. Then we'll have a two-week period there into where we look to free agency. And then we'll do some other interesting type. And I even might have a break. We'll, we'll see. I probably will do some interesting pods, maybe how to set up a dynasty league. It's some interesting things, free agent projections, that sort of thing. Then we'll do free agency pods. And then we'll be smashing the stuff out for draft season, which will be in December and early January. It's going to be a compressed off-season. Lots for us to talk about. I'm wasting time here talking about this or all of this right now. So let's get into your questions here about the Miami Heat. 
And uh, the first question comes from my very, very helpful partner who says, what are the heat called in winter? Really, really smart stuff. Appreciate that. It's still called the heat because you're in Miami and it's really hot down there. Anyway, Dal N. Desfam, where can Bam improve? Will he start to hit threes or improve his free throw percentage or something else? Now, there's a real chance that a lot of these Miami Heat players are going to be significantly overdrafted. Bam was the 36th ranked player this year. He only hit 69% from three, so that can definitely improve. He was up to 78% right through the playoffs. He was the 25th ranked player, though, in the playoffs. And I've heard people say, well, maybe he's a top 15 player. Maybe he is. He's only 23. But that would require him being significantly better than what he was in the playoffs, where he averaged 18, 10, and 4.5 and with uh, almost a block, a steal, and, and shooting a true shooting of 63. Can he get those blocks to 1.4? Maybe. He was at 1.3 during the season. It's just going to have to be, can he get the, the block rate from the regular season combined with the free throw rate from the playoffs and see whether that gets in there? And then can he start hitting threes? I do have some faith that Bam can start shooting threes. It won't be Brook Lopez volume. It won't be Marcus Sol volume, but it could be Jonas Valanciunas volume. I think it could be Nikola Vucevic volume eventually. Um, but that's really what it's going to come down to. He only played 34 minutes in the regular season. Maybe there's an extra minute or so to squeeze out there. But the regular season, the more reliable thing is expecting him to go from 69% up to 78 80% from the line, which probably bumps him into that top 30, top 25 type of area. Uh, Netch Trebor, is Jimmy a first rounder? God, no. Is Bam a first rounder? Absolutely not. And that's what I mean by people getting overly excited here. Jimmy was the 24th ranked player this year. Bam was 36. Jimmy's 31. And you know what? In the playoffs, he was great. He was the eighth ranked player in the playoffs. But remember, 14 teams didn't play in the playoffs, including Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Carl Anthony Towns in that mix of players who are right up there who didn't play. And there's probably others that I can't think. Trey Young didn't play in the playoffs. If you take Jimmy Butler in the first round of a fantasy draft at age 31, I think you are setting yourself absolutely up to lose. Same with Bam Adebayo. It is a a 2% chance of you actually exceeding value. A 5% chance of you actually just getting bang on that value. It is, it, it is absolute prisoner of the moment type stuff and uh, really got to guard against it. And you'll see when the projections come out, when I do them, it won't have Butler or Adebayo in the first round. And people will complain, man, Jimmy's a beast. He just knows how to win. Look what he did in the finals. It's just not realistic. He played 38 minutes a game across the entire playoffs. He was doing 40 plus in the, in the finals. It's just not going to happen. I, I can assure you of that. Next one, YTP, IO, IAOTP. Tyler Hero is getting overdrafted next year. Yeah, he is. Another one, 55th ranked player in the playoffs. He played 34 minutes a night. He averaged 16-5-4 and four with 2.3 triples. Now, the question is, a lot of these questions here. Tyler Hero is going to start next year. Well, is he? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they do with Goran Dragic. Do they bring him back in free agency? I'm not sure what they do with um, Kendrick Nunn, who is not that good. Um, I'm not sure what they do with a plethora of unrestricted free agents. Jay Crowder, Myers, Leonard, Andre Iguodala. Crowder and Leonard were the fifth starters this year. So maybe those guys both go and we get Jimmy starting at the four next to Bam with Robinson, Hero, and a point guard. I'm not sure. I think there's a yeah, probably a 60-40 chance that Hero starts. I'd say there's an 80-20 chance that he's overdrafted. People will be reaching real high for Tyler. He scored really well. He was also exposed a little bit in the finals where he did struggle somewhat. And he benefited from getting those assist numbers up and you know, getting a lot of point guard reps, which I'm not sure he's going to have that ability. 
His projection is going to be super interesting. He's only 20, so he's got massive room to improve. But uh, I, I do think that he is a huge risk of being overdrafted. Um, lots of questions here about these guys. And is Tyler Hero a starter day one next season? It's all going to depend on what they do in free agency here to me uh, as to how they look at that. Would Bam be a first-round pick? God, no. Who has better player development? T. Channers, the Heat or the Raptors? It's a really good question. The Raptors develop guys like Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, you know, that took Kyle Lowry's game to another level. Um, OG Ananobi, yes, has stepped up. It, it, remarkable. Chris Boucher coming through. Just these guys who have you know, put up some really good numbers. But I, I would have to say it's I would have to say it's the Heat. Go all the way back to discovering Tyler Johnson, Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, you got Hero. You got Duncan Robinson stepping up, Kendrick Nunn. And it's not just development, it's talent scouting and finding these guys and getting them for cheap and then developing them. Bam, as the 13th pick, stepping up to where he is. I'd say it's probably Miami. It's real close. And I'd say they are probably the best two teams in the NBA. So it is it is a good question. Do the Heat need an upgrade at point guard? Well, I guess that depends on what they're going to do there. Probably. Dragic is 34. Nunn is yeah, 25 and struggles. Tyler Hero is here full-time point guard? Probably not. You would think that they would love to, love to see him get Fred Van Vliet. They also do want to hold on to cap space for 2021 to try and get someone like Giannis, or maybe it's Kawhi or Paul George become free agents. There's a bunch of players becoming free agents in 2021. So I think they do want to hold off on cap space there. But yeah, I think they could do with somewhat of a boost at that point guard position. Right, we've got the... uh, the questions to come now on uh, on Twitter. But before I do that, rockauto.com is the place that you guys need to be looking when you're looking for parts for your car. You don't want to go into your local auto store. Why waste that time? Talk to the bloke at the counter who's not, invariably, he's not going to have the parts that you need in stock. He's going to have to sit on his computer, type them in into the his search program, whatever it is, and order them. So it's going to be three or four weeks. And then he's going to charge you more just for the fact that you're not a professional mechanic. With rockauto.com, you can find everything that you need for your car, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, whatever you need, you can find in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Built Go is the product that you need if you're looking to find a way to get through that energy or lack of energy wall that you we all often hit at you know, 3 p.m., 4 p.m., whatever it is. Stressful environment, kids learning from home, you're working from home, can't go out, locked down for six months, whatever it is, sometimes we just need that help to get through that wall in the middle of the day. And BuiltGo is the solution to breaking through your wall. BuiltGo is... Available in 1.5 ounce packages, easy to take with you in your golf bag, in your purse, in your fanny pack, in your briefcase, whatever it is, it is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without that same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines an energy gel with collagen protein, and collagen protein helps to get into your system fast. It's really fast absorbing, and it's easy on your stomach. There's also beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine, B6, and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use that promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. 
Let's go indeed to the questions that you guys do have over on uh, on Twitter regarding the Miami Heat. Let's go straight into Dynasty ADPs. Matt Lawson, are you buying or selling these Dynasty ADPs? Bam at 21. Probably buy it. Uh, can he push into the top 10? Unlikely, but top 20, yes. Jimmy Butler at 34. Now, I think that's... Again, it depends on how you're trying to structure your team. Will Jimmy be a top 40 player for the next two years? Next one year, yes. Next two years, I'm not sure about, probably. I think it's right about the, the right zone. Um, Tyler Hero at 86. That's putting a lot of faith in where Hero develops from here. I think he's, I think it's still worthwhile, though, at 86. Duncan Robinson at 110. That's bang on where he was this year. I don't really see him improving much from that, so that's fine. Kendrick Nunn at 158. Sell the shit out of that. I just, I'm not high on this bloke at all. Derek Jones at 189. I'm also not high on Derek Jones. I think he's one of those players who gets overrated quite a bit. He was 178th ranked player this year, so I guess that's reflecting that somewhat. Uh, I'm not into it. Goran Dragic at 202. I would buy it. I think you get at least one year better than that for Dragic. He was a bit of a surprise this year. Now, he's old, and it's limited value, but I think you can still get something there. Crowder at 206. Well, that's way off where Crowder was ranked this season, but I also don't think he's going to have anywhere near that level of a role uh, as he moves forward. So I'd probably I'd probably buy it, but hesitantly. And then Kali Olenek at 260. I think that that is a buy to me. I really like Olenek. Um, considering how close they got, this is from Yezra, how close they got, would you pull the trigger and try and trade for a guy like CP3 or any other star on the trade market, or would you wait until they can see who they can sign in 2021? I'd probably wait. This team, outside of Jimmy Butler, is pretty young. I don't think they need to make a huge play this year. This is not going to be a cakewalk for them back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston, Milwaukee are still both going to be challenging. Brooklyn gets into the mix. Who knows what Toronto's got up their sleeves? It's not going to be a cakewalk back. Uh, I would wait until 2021 personally and just see what they can do. Leon says, I know you were pretty low on hero pre-bubble, but after this postseason, uh, you know, excellent first three rounds, pretty poor finals, which is yeah, what I just said. What type of ceiling do you see him having? You're right, I was pretty low because let's be honest, and let's not conflate what happened. Pre-bubble, hero struggled. He was not very good at all pre-bubble. In the bubble, Super impressive. Shot the ball well. And in those eight regular season bubble games, he shot 51% from the field. He handled the ball well. The problem we have here with him, I think, is the lack of defensive stats will, will hold him back. Uh, he's going to be a, a solid usage player. He'll score okay. The assists are, are going to be pretty okay from uh, from Hero as well, which is all you know useful for him. I think ceiling for Tyler Hero at this point is probably going to be top 50. I don't really ever see him pushing higher than that. But... Yeah, he has impressed me, and his bubble versus his regular season is a, an absolute night and day difference. He was exposed somewhat in the finals, but I expect that that's going to improve in the next couple of years. So I think top 50 is, is probably fair enough. He was really, really impressive. Um, Jonathan Chown, what kind of interest will Goran Dragic command as a free agent? Will the Heat prioritize bringing him back? I think they'd like to bring him back. I think teams would be looking at him yeah, to come in on one-year deals. Maybe the Heat offer him a two-year with a non-guarantee on the second. Um, he is older. He's 34. I think they would love to bring him back personally, and I don't think he's going to be uh, overly expensive to be able to do that. That all depends what other options they have. If they have to get get rid of Dragic to bring in Van Vliet, then sure. But I think bringing him back on a one-year and then seeing what happens in 2021 is probably the most likely scenario. Um, does Duncan Robinson dip from manufactured descent Vic? I think there's a, a chance of that. His true shooting was 68%. He hit 45% of his threes, 93% from the line. He hit almost four triples. There is a chance that 
even if he become, is a 40% three-point shooter, that's falling from 45%, and that has an impact on what he provides. He doesn't do anything in rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. He doesn't get to the line at all. He scores, and really, he hits threes. That's what he does. So if we lose five percentage points, then there is a dip. And I'm not saying he will lose five percentage points because he's a ridiculously good shooter. But in the entirety of the playoffs, he shot 40% from three. Still really good, but it's not 45 and that's the that's the difference there with Duncan. So yeah, I think there is a realistic chance that A, he dips in his shooting percentage, and B, he maybe loses a couple of those minutes that he played over to Tyler Hero. Because he played 30 minutes a game during the regular season. Hero played 27. You could very easily see those two numbers switch around. All right, so let's talk uh, about these players now in more in more questions. Thanks to everyone in more detail. Thanks to everyone for those questions because there were lots of them. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So get your questions in for that when you see the tweet on Twitter or you see the Instagram story. Chuck those in there and we'll talk uh, talk Thunder tomorrow as we get into the, the back end of all of, these, um, all of these teams that we're looking at. All right, so the first player we look at here, of course, is Jim Butler. He's the 24th ranked player. Because he's my butler. Um, and again, there is a lot of hype about Jimmy Butler because he did have a fantastic finals. His regular season was pretty strong. 24th ranked player. Didn't live up to where he was on Yahoo, where his ADP was 15th. Um, so I guess you could call it somewhat of a disappointment. He averaged 27 and 6, half a three, almost two steals. Unbelievable from the free throw line. So one of the best players there, 83% on nine attempts per game. But still, free throw percentage across the league went up this year. So even though Butler was an 83% shooter, he still only provided one standard score of value in that free throw percentage category. If he was an 86% shooter and nine attempts, then it goes way up. But it wasn't as big an impact as what you'd expect. His biggest category was actually his steals, followed by his assists. He's going to have he's going to be overrated significantly based on his finals. But remember, he was playing 40 minutes a game pretty much. And that's just not going to be realistic. He's also always a risk at injury. He missed like 15 games again this season. This consistently happens with Jimmy. He's going to be a year older, as we all are. So there's going to be somewhat of a decline there. Maybe that drops his free throw percentage by one percentage point. Maybe instead of nine attempts, he takes eight attempts. Maybe his steals go from 1.8 to 1.5. And that's a big thing as well, because 1.5 is still good. But when you're elite at 1.8, if you drop those couple, that's a 10, 15 spot ranking drop. I think he's at real, a real risk of being overdrafted next season. He was massively impactful. PRPM 3.78, 5.8 Raptor, 59 true shooting. But I think we all have to acknowledge this is probably going to be the best season that Jimmy Butler has from here on out. I don't expect him to get better than this. It's really hard to do at age 31. Um, he might get better. He might be the same. I think the, the odds would tell you this is the best. Jimmy Butler from the rest. It might be a marginal drop-off. It might be a significant drop-off. That significant drop-off probably comes in two or three years. But just don't expect him to get significantly better than what he was this season. I think that would set you up for failure. Next up is Bam Adebayo. Bam! 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 Now, Bam Adebayo was a massive sleeper target heading into next season. We knew that Hassan Whiteside was gone. His ADP rose to 55. I don't actually remember where I had him ranked. I think I had him around 40th. He ended up 36th and played 34 minutes a night, averaged 16 and 10 with five assists over a steal, 1.3 blocks. And as I mentioned, the thing that held him back was the 69% from the line. Giggity. So if that can improve, then there is room for him to get better. Now, he is only 23. He is going to be an absolute stud. 
as as he moves forward. I don't think there's really any doubt uh, about that with Bam. I think that he you know, he's still probably two or three years away from his best season. He is going. He is the most valuable player long term on this team from a fantasy point of view. I don't think there's really any doubt about that. And he will push into that top twenty zone. Can he get to be a twenty point per game scorer? I don't think it's completely outrageous to expect him to get there. In the playoffs, he averaged 18 and 10 in 36 minutes. The 36 minutes is high. Um, and with really good efficiency. He can be a steal and a block guy. He can be a five assists per game player. If he gets 20 and 11 with five five assists, 1.5 blocks a steal, true shooting 64, uh, maybe half a three, that's a guy you're looking at as top 15. Getting higher than that, I don't think he's ever going to get that volume of scoring or be a 15 rebound per game guy or be a two block per game guy, which is probably what you need to push into that top 10, top 12, but he can still get significantly better than where he was. 3.41 PIPM, 2.3 Raptor, 60 true shooting. He's 23 years of age. There is a lot of improvement still coming from Bam Adebayo. Next up is the Spur, Dunk Robinson, who was a real surprise this year. 109th ranked player. I just didn't know what sort of role he would have. He's only 26. Played 30 minutes, 13 and a half points, but it's almost four triples on that 45% shooting. Three rebounds, under one and a half assists, half a steal, 47 from the field and 93 from the line. Realistically, what he provided you was, was three-pointers. That That's it. On-court impact was massive, 3.14 PIPM, 2.6 Raptor, 20, uh, so 68 true shooting, 16% usage numbers. Uh, his impact looks like it's going to be pretty strong again for the next couple of seasons in terms of on-court stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see the minutes drop back a little bit for Dunk as Hero gets some of those and some of his defensive issues come to the fore. And the fact that he just struggles to do anything else apart from shooting. Now, it's really valuable for an NBA team to be that good of a shooter. But as I said earlier, if that falls off to 40%, if the 3.7 triples go to three triples, then instead of the 109th ranked player, he's 150th ranked player, and he's the perfect steal uh, three streamer. That's it. So, can he get better than this? Maybe. Like, how do you get better than this as a pure shooter? Like, what do you do that's better? Do you, does his usage go from 16 to 19? I don't really think they'd ever want him doing that. He shot 88% of his shots from deep. That's not really going to change. I wouldn't have thought. This just sort of feels like what Duncan Robinson is, and it's really, really good. But I think that we might just. Get a couple of minutes off next year. In the playoffs, his minutes, he played under 29 minutes in the playoffs. He hit three threes at 12 points. So that did start to, to peel back a bit as guys like Hero got more playing time. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case for Robinson. He's probably going to be a late pick in a fantasy drafts or just a waiver wire guy that you cycle through to help you stream threes. I think that's probably the most realistic spot for him. Who is up next? It is Jay Crowder. Now, most of Crowder's damage came as a mem member of the Grizzlies, but surprisingly, the 116th ranked player. His PIPM and Raptor were both marginal negatives, and he had a true shooting of 55%. 11 points, two triples, six rebounds, one steal, 40 and 78. The, the, the positives there were his threes and his steals. That's sort of what he provided. He didn't give you much upside in other areas. He was better as a Grizzlies player than he was as a member of the Heat. Super hot form from him in, in the playoffs at times with his shooting, and then super cold at other times. And overall, he, he's averaging his average playoff shooting, 34% with true shooting at 57. So like bang on average, uh, some hot streaks and cold streaks. And maybe he's this guy. 
Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Because he was wildly inconsistent. Now, he's going to be a decent source of threes. He is an unrestricted free agent. And the the part of the thing that's interesting here is there are a bunch of blokes on this team who are unrestricted free agents and players who had pretty significant roles in this squad. Now, whether Crowder comes back, and if he does, he'll just slot into that starting power forward role again would be my guess. And he'll be that player that's going to be more suited to 14-team leagues versus 16-team uh, versus 12-team leagues. But, um, yeah, it was impressive at times, but he's not the player that we saw, you know, in that stretch against Milwaukee. He just turned 30, so he's not super old, but for the type of player that he is, a role player, that's not a great sign. And, yeah, he probably starts to drop off a little bit over the coming seasons. And he's already dropped off from those peak seasons as a top 50 player he had back as a member of the Boston Celtics. Next up is the iron shoulder, Goran Dragic, 118th ranked player. Didn't start for most of the season. Justice Winslow and Kendrick Nunn had the starting point guard job. He was still a massive uh, 1.7 plus in Raptor, 0.26 PIPM, 57 true shooting. Dragic in 28 minutes averaged 16, 3, and 5 with two uh, threes a game and 0.7 steals. He's never been a high assist guy. He's never been a high steals guy. The reason he's always been a good fantasy player as a point guard was he was like a 50% shooter. Now, that level has fallen off from Dragic. He was really, really good in the playoffs, though, averaging 19-4-4, but still, low steals, low assist, and the the efficiency wasn't quite there. 38th-ranked player in the playoffs. He's obviously really, really good, but he's 34 and also an unrestricted free agent. Will they play him those 33 minutes a night that he did in the playoffs? Or will he get those 28 minutes a night again that he got during the regular season? I'm not sure. It's clear that he is by far the best point guard on this team. And it took until the playoffs for Spolstra to make that decision. And maybe part of that was protecting Dragic, who also missed a chunk of games during the regular season with injuries. And this is what's going to happen when you're 34 years of age. As an unrestricted free agent, he's going to have plenty of suitors, especially after these performances in the playoffs. And whether the Heat bring him back or not remains to be seen. But he makes his choice at age 34, who I want to play for. You know, he's made money in his career. He can come back to Miami. He could go to Dallas. He could go to Milwaukee. As, and they could you know, trade off of Eric Bledsoe. There are options for Dragic to, to go and play. And you know, how much where his value is going to be is going to be highly dependent on what team he goes to. I would be pretty doubtful if he's a top 100 guy next year at this age. Um, but I think he can still be a useful NBA contributor as we've seen in these playoffs. Kendrick Nunn, the 134th ranked player. Uh, as a rookie, he is 25 years of age. We have to remember that. He is not young at all. Still probably can get to his peak in a couple of years' time. Um, negative 1.22 Raptor, negative, point nine, sorry, negative 1.22 PIPM, and negative 0.9 Raptor with a 53 true shooting. He averaged 15 points with two threes, but only three assists, under three rebounds, 0.8 steals, and 44% shooting. So a, a lot of negatives there as a point guard. The scoring was good. He had highlight-type plays. It was impressive because he's a guy that a lot of people hadn't heard of, and, and people really got excited about that. But in the end, he's a borderline standard league player last season. And in the playoffs, it was even rougher. He struggled a lot. His defense is poor. His decision-making is poor. He averaged just six points in 16 minutes a night with one assist on 39% shooting. Now, he still could have a role next season because we don't know what's happening with Goran Dragic, but I would I would hope that they would try to, to turn Tyler Hero into that point guard or get someone else rather than rely on none. I don't believe in him long-term. You're, well, you're all well aware of my thoughts on, on what he does. Um, as a player, I think that as a backup who plays 15 to 20 minutes a night, that's fine. You don't want to rely upon him as a starter because his poor distribution skills, somewhat inefficient play and poor shot selection and poor defense does not contribute to being a good player. 
Um, and maybe I'm harsh on him. Maybe yeah, I don't like him being a shit bloke as well. And you can say, yeah, give it a bloke a chance, but you know, you, you assault a woman, then I've I've got issues with that. But that was a while ago, so maybe a second chance is uh, is in is in order. But in, in the end, that doesn't change the fact that I just don't think he's that good of a player. That I think he's significantly overrated, and I think that those people who were quite critical of the way that I talked about him as a player would see how he played in the playoffs as a truer reflection of who he is. That when the Heat were totally healthy, and this is something I talked about all year, they always had someone out, whether it was Winslow or Dragic or Butler. Someone was already always out, so that would meant more minutes for none or more minutes for Hero. When everyone came back. None was the guy that got the ass, and I think that if yeah, depending on how this backcourt looks next season, he could really be on the outside uh, looking in again. And I don't have huge faith in him long term as, as a great option. Tyler Hero, let's talk about Hero, the 163rd ranked player over the course of the season. In 27 minutes, he averaged 13 points with two threes and only two assists. 0.6 steals, 43% shooting. Now, he's an excellent free throw shooter. I think he missed like one free throw in his entire college season in Kentucky. Maybe it was two. It was something ludicrous. He wasn't quite that good in the NBA, but still really, really good in terms of his shooting. He was at 87% in the playoffs. But what happened in the playoffs is he, he turned his game around. He was able to run more pick and roll. He was able to play as a point guard and average 16, 5, and 4 to be the 55th ranked player throughout the playoffs. Remember, though, the playoffs is only 16 teams. There's 14 teams not involved in that. So this is going to push him back. I think there's a chance that he gets drafted literally in the in the 60s, and that is way too rich for what I'm interested in. I think he can get there in four or five years' time. His advanced stuff wasn't great. Negative 3.44 PIPM and negative 1.6 Raptor. We saw some of the holes in his game exposed, I thought, uh, during the finals especially. But he can have hot moments. Now, he can be a guy that takes some ill-advised shots. When they go in, it's great. When it, they don't, then it looks rough. But I like the way he was able to improve his rebounding and the way he was able to improve his playmaking. But his role, I think it'll be at minimum 30 minutes. It's going to come down to what they do at point guard, where the Dragic is back and how they run that. There's still a lot of question marks as to how this all works for Hero, but he's only 20. We're five, six years away from his best basketball. And I think he can be a top 50 player, as I said earlier. Really, really changed my impressions of him in the playoffs versus the regular season. But I'm also, I'm still, I think, going to be lower on him for next season than a lot of people are because, as you've seen from some of the, even that's a selection of the questions, is Bam a first-rounder? Is Jimmy a first-rounder? People will overrate what these Heat teams did and expect it to translate completely across the playoffs. And I think Hero is going to be the third guy that suffers that sort of comparison. Derek Jones Jr., the 178th-ranked player, another guy, along with Dragic and Crowder, who's an unrestricted free agent. Negative 0.82 Raptor, uh, PIPM, sorry, negative 2.2 Raptor, 62 true shooting because he only takes, only dunks really, that's all he does. Um, Jones is always that guy where you go, well, oh, he's going to block shots, he's going to get steals, he's got a great field goal percentage, but he can't shoot, he struggles at times to stay healthy or stay on the court, he averages nine points per game, but the 53% shooting was strong, that was 68 from two, 28 from three, so just cannot shoot at all, no jumper whatsoever, but a great finisher. He's only 24, which is amazing. As an, He's gone through restricted free agency already, and now he's an unrestricted free agent at 24. Super young. Um, we also saw that the Heat didn't really want to play him in the playoffs very much. He, he played just 15 games. He only played six minutes a night. And you know, with Iguodala, with Crowder, there just wasn't room for him. Now, both of those guys, Iguodala and Crowder, are unrestricted free agents, as is Jones. So there could be some mix-ups there or some shake-ups. Jones could also be in, interested in getting to a, a team where he's got a more consistent role because he's a bloke who, despite having gone through restricted free agency already, hasn't really been paid. 
He's a wing defender, which is super valuable. You'd love if he was able to shoot or to pass. He can't do either of those things, but the wing defense for him is something that's really interesting. And I can see him leaving this team because he's going to get a, a, an offer that's probably too rich. Now, that could also lead to him being overdrafted somewhat, but he's got three categories where he can be strong. Steals, blocks, and field goal percentage. So if he can get to 30 minutes a night somewhere, maybe he is 1.7 steals, 1.1 blocks, 56% from the field, averaging 11 points. And that's probably enough to sneak into the top 100, top 110 around that area. How much uh, that happens is going to be dependent on what happens with him in free agency. But a player that I'm always a little bit lower on than most other people, and people are always hyping him up, and he's never been able to live up to that. Uh, and we'll see if this offseason is any different. Kelly Olenek, this is a guy that I've always liked and uh, struggles to cons consistent minutes. And I just don't think that's ever going to change. 182nd ranked player Olenek this year, plus in PRPM and in Raptor, a 62 true shooting. He averaged eight and five with one and a half threes on 46 and 86 from his uh, field goal percentage and free throw percentage. Didn't do much with his defensive numbers. You don't really expect that from Olenek. Um, he's got a $12 million player option, which he almost undoubtedly will exercise for this upcoming season. I don't know what the Heat will do. Remember, they started Myers, Leonard, and Bam Adebayo all regular season. I think it would have been better starting Kelly Olynyk there, but Olynyk was the guy that would get the bulk of those minutes anyway. But as has always been the case with Olynyk, especially under Spolstra, he'll play 30 minutes, 28 minutes, a couple of nights, and look really good, and then play 12 minutes or 14 minutes. He's all over the shop in terms of playing time. In the playoffs, he averaged 7 or 8 and 5 uh, in 15 minutes. He's... Look, if Bam ever gets hurt and Olenek has to start and play 30 minutes, he will be a fantasy pickup. But at this point, he's a reliable enough big man who can shoot somewhat, be okay offensively, has some passing ability. He's not a terrible defender. He's not the greatest defender, but he's not a terrible defender. But he's sort of settling into his role at this point of being this strong backup big man. He is also going to turn 30 in about six months' time. So that's something that I think is probably a little bit underrated with Kelly Olenek. Andre Iguodala, 246th ranked player this year. Iguodala is 30, going to turn 37 in a few months' time. Only played 21 games in the regular season. 20 minutes, 4 points, 4 assists. Uh, 4 rebounds, 2.5 assists. He's never going to be a good fantasy player anymore. Um, don't bank on that. I don't care what team he goes to. He's going to go to a team where he plays 20 minutes a night. He doesn't handle the ball. He plays defense and provides passing and veteran leadership. He will struggle to ever be a top 200 player again. His free agency is super interesting. Will he be back in Miami? I would imagine he would be. Could Golden State bring him back? There's another possibility. But Iguodala has always been about getting money. And good on him. He's a strong businessman. And he, he squeezed the Warriors in the middle of their uh, title run by taking offers from the Sacramento Kings. He was like, I'm not playing for Memphis. I want to control where I want to go. He's all about the business. And uh, where he sort of fits next year is going to be really interesting, depending on what contracts are available. So wherever he goes, he's not going to be a fantasy impact player. But him leaving could open up minutes for Crowder, for Hero, for Jones. So he is, uh, while he's not an impact player himself, his presence or absence impacts others in quite a big way. Myers Leonard, 282nd ranked player. Negative Raptor, uh, basically right on zero for PIPM. 63 true shooting. We know what he does. 20 minutes, 6 points, 1-3. He hit 41% of his threes. Uh, that's what he does. He hits threes. Um, defensively, he wasn't a complete disaster. Some of that is just the Miami system. Leonard is about to turn 29 in a few months' time as well, so not not super young. He was out of the rotation in the playoffs, which is the right decision. Also, an unrestricted free agent. Not someone that's ever going to go to a um, 
not someone's ever going to go to a team and become a starter and put up big numbers or anything along those lines, but someone who at least was able to hold his own uh, in his rotation role for chunks of this season, which is uh, you know, always, a, always a positive. The next guy we take a look at here is Solomon Hill, who rocking one of the best bubble haircuts. You can see the, the disheveled, I don't give a shit old man look. Fantastic. Loved it. He's uh, you know, nearing 30, 18 minutes a night, five and a half points. Not never going to be a fantasy option. 295th ranked player. He's again, I can't believe he's not even 30 yet. That's amazing to me. Negative two Raptor, one point, negative 1.56 PIPM. He just is Solomon Hill, and that's sort of who he is. I don't really know what more to say. Can provide some good defense at times. Unrestricted free agent, just another one of those options that you know could be on the move to another team and maybe opening up some rotation minutes for Miami. Chris Silva, they're onto the younger guys now. 410th ranked player. The advanced stuff is pretty rough for him, but 65 true shooting is strong. 17% uh, usage. He played 44 games, really prominent early on in the season. Only eight minutes a game, but three points, three rebounds, 62% from the field, and half a block. And in eight minutes, they're really good numbers. I thought he looked okay. And his G League numbers, they're not spectacular, but two and a half blocks and 83% from the, the field is spectacular. Now, it's only two games that he played in the G League because he was able to get his two-way converted to a full-time contract. I thought he looked okay at, at times this season. He's not someone to really rush out long-term for. But just someone who showed that as an NBA rotation player, I think there is something there with Chris Silva. He's never going to be a starter caliber player and he's already 24, so that's somewhat of a concern. But a guy that didn't look out of place on an NBA roster. The next guy is really interesting and I'm not sure what to think of this guy. And that is Casey Okpala, 461st uh, ranked player. We saw 25 minutes of him play during the season. Five games, five minutes a night, one point. Really not indicative of anything. I can't tell us much. In uh, His advanced projection stuff, really loves this bloke in four to five years' time. He's a strong wing defender. You're taking over from the Crowders, Joneses, Igadalas. They're taking taking into that spot. And I think yeah, even Jimmy Butler in four years' time, maybe Okpala's the guy that takes over there. They really seem to like him. His G League numbers wouldn't give you huge confidence. 28% shooting from three, under 12 points, but seven rebounds, 1.3 steals, 1.1 blocks. That's where the interest lies. Now, his G League PIPM was bad, and he is a long way away. And I don't think he's a rotation player next season. I think we're still a couple of years away, but the shooting has to come around. Defensively, there's something there. I'm not really buying into some of the advanced projection stuff here for Okpala. I didn't really particularly buy it at the time. His numbers coming out of Stanford weren't that great for fantasy, and I think that's going to be the case for him as he moves forward. Is he just going to be another Derek Jones from a fantasy stat profile point of view? I think that is a legitimate risk here for Okpala, but a name that, you know, as a young guy, there's not there's not that many of those guys on this team. He's someone to look at. Gabe Vincent, the 489th ranked player, didn't play a huge amount again in the NBA this year as most of these guys didn't. Nine games at nine minutes, two points per game. Vincent, though, in the G League was unbelievable. He averaged 21 points per game. He uh, he started out, um, he played for, for Stockton at some point. Uh, 41% three-point shooter. He averaged three rebounds and two assists with 1.2 steals, but a high-volume scorer and a high-volume three-point guy. He attempted over 10 threes a game and hit four of them. Don't tell me that doesn't have a place in the NBA because if he can find a way to be, I guess, not a negative defensively, 
Not saying he's going to be the next Duncan Robinson, but another option to come in and bang threes. I think Gabe Vincent is a name that you at least have to remember. He's an unrestricted, sorry, he's a restricted free agent. Um, he's probably a couple of years away from his peak, but that level of three-point shooting absolutely has a place, whether it's on this team or another team. Gabe Vincent is a name to at least keep in your mind. The last guy we talk about here is Kyle Alexander, the 509th ranked player. He played like 13 minutes in the league, so didn't really get to see much out of him. He's a power forward. And in the G League, he's 6'10". He averaged 11 points in 25 minutes with nine rebounds and two blocks. Doesn't shoot threes, but hyper-efficient, 69% from the field and 71% from the line. That's those blocks that are important. His G League POPM was actually massive, 3.31. I don't really buy him to become an NBA caliber player. He is 24 already. Uh, I'd much think that, uh, I, I think Silver's got a bit better chance of that. And I think Vincent's probably got a better chance than both of those guys. But they are the three heat, weird G League type guys. And we know they can find these players. And then is the other one that barely played, who's got some upside as a wing defender, but needs a lot more to go right to become a really interesting fantasy player. That'll do it for me today, guys. I'll be back tomorrow talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So don't forget to get your questions ready for that. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.